I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. As long as I know that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be. Back once again with another podcast. This is episode 58 of the It's Time to Refresh podcast. On this episode, we've got the mighty groove control. The mighty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna proper put him over here. I'm gonna be like Paul Heyman on Brock Lesnar. <laughs> You'll have to explain that for people. Yeah, no, who for, for people who wrestling. don't know, is honestly, he's just is a is a voice piece for him. And I've seen over the, the so many years that people like you, you you're very very you you won't take you don't not that you don't take compliments, but you, you just absorb it. You don't like. You deserve the praise you get, in my opinion. And we talked off off pod uh, a minute ago, and I, I had to use the analogy I thought of on the way down. For anyone who watches wrestling, um, <laughs> I see Phil, and everyone's opinion's different of everyone in the scene. So this is just how I see him. Some people might not agree. Uh, I always see him as the, the the Bret Hart of WCW. And for those who don't That's know, a very niche. It's a, yeah, it is very niche. I know. I apologize. For for those who don't know, uh, Brett left the WWF in like ninety seven. It was Montreal Screw Job, and um, he he went over to WCW, and people knew he was the greatest of all time. He went there, and he just simply wasn't booked properly. And in my opinion, you are like a headline headliner in the bounce scene, without a doubt. You. For me, you've you've a lot of people tried to replicate your sound over the years. That speaks volumes. Like people do it to Club Edge, people do it to Alex Kier, and then I see you on the level with uh, the likes of um, Fitzy and Ross. Um, you um, bad behaviour. You've got your own little sound as well, in my opinion. And you, I don't think you've you've got the been booked in the correct way. It's like take that as you will as well. Uh. Probably, I'll probably take it on the like chin as I always do with anything. It's just, yeah, yeah. I don't really react well to praise because everything's. Uh, how can I put it? It's subjective, isn't it? Yeah, it's subjective. It's more opinion than anything. It's like it's what I really like or might not like. Some other people love. I mean, there's plenty of stuff like that in this scene. Yeah. Um, but no, it's. I just make music I like, and if other people like it, I love it even more because it's your whole job doing this. Sometimes is just to make people have a cracking night, a boss night. It's good, it's good to feel appreciated, though, isn't it? Like knowing that you've put a tune out there and it's somebody's favorite tune, or, or, or it's like yeah, you mean like when a bootlegged Elrad, yeah, flopped, flopped for about four gigs that I played it at. And I go abroad in Lorette de Mar, and then suddenly, because I've dropped it on the boat party, and that one video, one video yeah. got the drop on the boat. It blew up after that, and it's still getting played now. Exactly. And it, all it was was just me doing a bootleg to annoy another producer because he hated bootlegs. <laughs> Seriously. Didn't I say to you, right, I said to you I had so many questions to ask you, and we've talked off pod for like an hour, and it's just been me just questioning you on on, on why you make certain decisions on, on, on with production yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I, I love it when I get in with somebody who I respect as an artist. That sounds really bad. I apologise to everyone who's been on before. But I mean, like, I've I've listened to you since I probably got into bounce music. You... you Go on, what year? Uh, I... Depress I've, yourself. <laughs> uh, 
2008, I'm going to say. Yeah, that's when I was with Mark. Yeah. That's, that's... when I was the uh, I was the T-boy then. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is T-boys now, but yeah, I was the T-boy then. Yeah, like that's that. When I discovered your stuff and I was like, I just remember it was always like, for me, when I was looking through tracks, I got, uh, I, 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 who are locked onto straight away within bounce music. Yeah. And it was always, if I was looking for like mixes of stuff, it was, I'd look for the groove control mix, total control, as I say, Fitzy and Ross, bad. And they were the, the if, in my opinion, or Alex K, KB Project, M Cypher Names. And it was always, if I knew I could find a mix of a tune that, that say you've done, it's got a groove, I know I could trust it before I'd even heard it. I'm like, I know for a fact it's going to be to a, a decent standard. Yeah, yeah it's sometimes, <laughs> I don't know, when you hear enough YouTube cds where people have just sped up tunes or just put a slap to down i mean i wasn't always like at the level i've got to now mm. uh for good or bad but it's i don't know you're just gonna make things sound better overall and you've just got to be accountable to yourself to make things sound better everyone when they start out loves the first couple of tracks they do and then it's only like 10 years later when you this back and you go <laughs> you're just like oh that's horrible but no um can you tell me a popular tune that you've done right this is it's a quite. A I'll go on then. Uh, yeah, a decent right. tune that that, that 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 you would say has it's been quite popular that you listen back to and go, oh, because all of the stuff that's popular are yours. The only thing, and it was a joke because at the time it was Mark who started it because he wanted to MC over it. Now Mark's MC Shredder for anyone who's wondering. Um, he <laughs> he done it because he wanted to MC over Ozone Bounce, which it ended up being, but it'll be Kings of Leon, you somebody. And we both agreed after the first couple of times we played it and we seen it get played, we'll just and it got played on Radio One. Yeah. Um we just sort of accepted it and just went, it sounds awful, but in a club it does the job it needs to do, which is it's heavy. Yeah. It's it is a heavy tune when you drop it, because it's ozone bounce, what doesn't sound good at that bloody baseline pattern. Yeah. I mean Apart from the melody, but it was just the bass line that done it all. I mean, my but. my opinion on that tune is, it seems a bit, it seems like it's still. I hear it every now and then, still now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like, it's Kings Leon, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 aged, but it still sounds better quality than some of the music getting put out today. So that I don't know how you could ever look back on that tune and go, Ugh. it's more because it lacked the depth. Right, okay. For me, it, I can understand that. some people may not understand that, but mm. I mean, depth just basically makes it sound full. Yeah. Like it's when it not... kicks in and it's just the dink gun and the kick in the bass, I, I can understand it could have been bigger, but it do, it works for what it is. Yeah, it, just to say it was only done for one purpose, just because yeah. the guy, Mark, who I was doing the music with at the time, who was the engineer at the time as well, because yeah. he was that damn good, because um, he wanted to MC over it, and that was it. He just made it so purposely so we could MC over. That's why a lot of the tunes from Groove Control Time always had in the back of the mind, I want to MC over this, or I'm going to be MCing over this. Yeah. So that's the idea that became from it. With me, it was more like, oh, I like this music. How do I like it? So when I started having to learn it all myself, that was the process because I don't MC. Yeah. Well, I haven't really got that perspective in the back of my mind to accommodate. Yeah. So you can do it, but I mean, Sometimes the gig, the sometimes the gigs I play at, I'm not always going to have MCs on, yeah, like a lot of other gigs. So I don't really put that in my mind when I'm making stuff, or I might not even be the one playing it. 
Yeah, exactly. Spent years making tunes, and I wasn't ever the first one to drop it. <laughs> Annoying. Yeah, I know, but it's as I said though. If if you send it to somebody and you know it's going to get played to a big gig, and it's like, ah, well, I'll take that. Do you know yeah, yeah I mean? as long as they give you feedback. But yeah. like, there's only like three people who give you any feedback from a tune yeah I know so it's, it gets annoying in the end because you're like well how did it sound and then you get good and you're like yeah but <laughs> what about it sounded yeah. good I mean I need to know a bit more than good it's like I don't know to me it's just like give me a bit more like listen what do you think it's like SoundCloud it? comments in it when you get feedback on there and it just put like fire lad like it's like yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but what though like, or just like just the emoji fire yeah but another thing as well is the people who are writing it are actual producers as well, so you'd expect more from them. If it's just your average Joe commenting, fire lad, you accept that, it's fine. Yeah, some people don't really want to know, though, because I've given constructive... I've been asked for constructive feedback in the past, and I gave it, and the first thing they bloody said to me was, oh, you're just trying to make me sound like you? No, I'm trying to make you get the tune to the desired effect that you want to get it to, without it sounding like anything but you. Yeah. Like, me saying, fatten your bass up, does that sound like I'm saying no no change that bass line completely no it yeah. doesn't uh, put a bit more depth into the, the track yeah. well what does that mean well that could mean put more drums uh, in you can't put more effects them. in yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I can't tell you more than that I mean I can only tell you the basic things or what I might think that you should do doesn't mm. mean I'm telling you to make the tune how I would do it because yeah. no one can stifle your creativity as an artist I mean sometimes your creativity could just be listening to a tune from 1982 going I like that three second clip and just shorten it, and then you go, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. And then, or it could just be something lifted from two years ago, and you think, oh, that that wasn't caught on. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, are you talking to someone who's made a living off stealing everyone else's <laughs> ideas? I tell you something. Before we get into your story, I just want, I want to say this as well. You seem there was a period where I think from about twenty fifteen ish, I'll say 2014, 2015, where every sort of tr like track that was coming out where. You like in retrospect, there were banners. You were always the, the first to get onto them, and you never really bootlegged shite. Does that make sense? Like, the, the, oh. you see some people who will put a new remix a bootleg out every week, yeah, yeah, and it's like they're just doing it because it's new, whereas you were very selective, but you always chose the right ones, yeah, because once, once, once someone's done a mix, you don't really need to do a mix if that mix is good mm. or. If you really wanted to be a really horrible person, sometimes you just wouldn't be sent the track mm. and you'd do your own mix of it, but you wouldn't never put it out mm. until you got their version. I, the, the best one I always put down was I was asked to do a track and I didn't, I heard another producer's version of said track and I said, Well, I don't need to do it because that's good enough as it is. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a banging track no matter what, but for me, it would have just been, Well, what's the point? I'm not putting my time and effort into something that's just going to go. Whoosh, under the you know under the table like well, you don't need to spend your time on stuff that doesn't need it sometimes mm. i mean it's all right with i don't know i don't really like a lot of the tracks i did because i was just being lazy then because i'm still trying to learn by myself mm. and sometimes you there's so much to go through but i was just i was djing in void then which is a underground nightclub well bar mm. in manchester canal street which is manchester gay village yeah and you just sort because you had to keep on top of tunes there you could try and spot what was oh that might there. be good yeah. to do it like this or that might be good or what will suit the style that you're trying to aim for yeah so yeah pick and choose but i always put down to oi being well i was just gonna ask you about that as well um 
I would say you were the first person to bring the Melbourne sound to bounce. Would you disagree? I don't. That was, for me, the, that, that was the breaking point of, like... Where I don't know, because TJR, oi, at the time, came out, and I was like, oh, God, this sounds really good. And then I listened to the bass line, and I was like, that could easily just be a dunk on it, yeah. or they could easily put a bass line on it, or fatten yeah. it up, and it'll work. And then I'd done it. But I'd done it with the aim of never no one ever knowing it was me. And then someone put out that it was you know groove control or it was phil uh and then everyone just knew about it and i was just like they defeated the purpose of what i wanted to do i didn't want anyone to know it was me at the time as far but, as bootlegs go that blew up for you massively oh yeah but i didn't really get loads of gigs from it though it no, just no. blew up on videos yeah but yeah. i didn't really get any gigs from it from being yeah. honest so i've done animals as well yeah um but let's be honest that was the whopper anyway so you just sit there for hours going through beatport at the time and that's a music store for people who don't know. Um, so I was going through it, all the tracks for like days and days sometimes because obviously you have to do it because you're a resident for a club as well. Mm. So you sort of keep your ear to the ground, but sometimes it was just a chore. <laughs> and you just think, no, I can't be bothered. Or sometimes they just don't work. Some tracks just don't work. Yeah. No matter what people may tell you, some just don't work in the style. Oh, yeah. You speed it up and it goes chipmunky or it just sounds cluttered and sounds horrible. Yeah. Um, I've done bootlegs, which a lot of people don't like, and that never took off as well. But I loved them, but I could never play them out. Yeah. But I don't know. I I just found it funny that the, it was the first Melbourne track that I I heard. That, I just found one. it funny how many people thought that was original from me. Because I think it's because no one, no had, one's heard it. No, yeah, but the thing is, no one had any reference either reference points because if you hear it now you're like oh it's just it's a melbourne tune you know where to look yeah, for that yeah. type of thing it was sort of when new it came that. it was like this sound i've never heard it it sounds like somebody because i just said the original had that offbeat bass line and i mean it was a million miles away from a, a donk tune really was yeah, it yeah around the time when uh it was the full-on like hard style edm big room thing yeah. like just just a big heavy kick with like this melodic little offbeat or yeah the height of swedish oh no it wasn't really the height of swedish house mafia it was towards the end uh, towards but the yeah end, martin garrick's type thing animals if you listen to that you'll know what we're on about <laughs> um but yeah I, I it just came out at the right time it did absolutely. and he'd done a few other tracks from it which stemmed loads of other people to jump on the trend i, I like I your what's up suckers as well i thought that was a two yeah i always thought jack d done a better job than that jack done by anyone who wants to know mm. i thought he'd done a better job but um yeah i don't know it just came about at the right time i just liked enduring music music is music at the end of the day yeah uh, i just do what i like right well we'll get back into your story yeah? we may as well go off a little oh, tangent there yeah go on um so who's phil where are you from? <laughs> Who's Phil? <laughs> I ask, ask this to everyone. Who's Phil? Where's I don't. Want, I don't want to know. I want to know before the music, so I can sort of build a picture of who, like, how you became. Like, I, I want to know how you get from A to B. So where you started and where you are now. Obviously, everyone knows the journey in between, which we'll get into. But yeah, I'll try and summarize it as quick as I can. Uh, I just got into DJing through the secondary school. My RE teacher, Mister Hayes. I can't remember his first name now. No. <laughs> um, I don't want to say his first name in case I get it wrong, but Mr. Hayes, yeah. yeah. Uh, religious educations teacher, would you believe it? Right. Um, he done an after-school thing for DJing, and I thought, well, I'll give it a go, see what it's like. Now, Did bear in mind... More, more I like background in dance music at this point. Really. I didn't really... I listened to some old CDs every now and again, but it wasn't really a big thing. I think the first tune that really caught me here was Safri Duo, Bongo Song. 
I just loved the breakdown and the way it built up. I just loved the whole thing about it. And then it just went from there. And then there was a couple of other bits which came about. I wasn't really massively into music. There was just the odd tune here or there that I listened to. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I really like, like that. Satisfaction, satisfaction of listening. To yeah, it's more... Um, oh, what was it? I think my brothers were listening to the Pleasure Rooms at the time. One brother was listening to Pleasure Room CDs. And he was spending a fortune on them. So they're, they're older than you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One's six years older, one's five years older. Yeah. And then he was buying, one of them was buying CDs like that. The other one was buying Bonkers and Club Kinetic in like Stoke and stuff like that. Right. And it just built from there, which is obviously, you know, happy hardcore from like the 90s type of vibe. Yeah. And DJ Vibes and DJ Sai was on the CD as yeah. well. Uh, 1993 or two I think it was can't remember which one it was but anyway it was like I've always been around the sort of the rave music in general but I've never really paid much attention until uh, Mr. Hayes well yeah it sort of like took on with the DJ because I thought I'll give it a go why not I think it was in like year 8 or something so I got into it quite late overall with it all mm -hmm. some lads who I know have been listening to dance music since like 4 because of the parents but no it was never anything like that with me yeah um yeah, my brothers really got me into it mainly with CDs, and then they got like uh, old hard house CDs as well. Um, like I can't remember the bloody names of everything because it was that long ago. Is it like the Euphoria CDs? That tends to be one of them. Was that? I yeah. think there was another one like New something. I can't remember what it is. I just remember one CD was just the color blue. So it's a nuclear it's, CD. Might be that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like it was like gate crasher as well cream 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 the pink, pink cream or purple cream yeah. cd double cd i know what you're to, about as well. is yeah. it the orange and orange logo on the front with the purple i think uh, it was or it's just purple with nothing it's just like a darker oh, purple cream okay. side yeah just cream stuff like that and obviously we had cream in liverpool which was yeah. a big thing i mean i never really had a chance to do anything like that but no um yeah got into it through all that got in through djing with me re teacher Got to admit, wasn't very good at it at the start, but we never are. You've got a wide palette there as well, by the way. You've got the house, the bounce, the hardcore. Like, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I like just listening to, but I don't know, just bounce, not bounce, like Scouse House at the time, mm. sort of more got into it. And it was just like the older and older, the, the, just the journey carried on. Um, I think I went into, I left school, bits and bobs here or there, trying to learn music. Mm. Uh, I think I'd done a donk over once. Um, that basically that's putting a baseline over someone else's track and trying to claim that it was yours <laughs> um i tried to do that to a couple of tracks and i got ridiculed because i can't key very well yeah no matter what anyone says i can i've only learned like when i had to learn in like the last 10 years so i've always had to rely on a little bit of help somewhere yeah. along the lines so i'm not really brilliant at key and i haven't got the musical ear like some people have yeah so there's a bit of hindrance there but the one thing i did notice with it all when i was doing it is it's it really is sales I, even when i even back then it was more sales you have to get yourself out there you have to promote yourself you have to do all this and mm -hmm. i just didn't have the the know-how at the time to do i mean i know what to do now just i'm too bloody lazy at times but yeah. or too busy is probably the better way of putting it yeah. um but no the journey from there was going into college got to meet a, got to meet a few other people tried to learn to make a bit more music was still really getting nowhere and it was only when i went on a forum at the time oh that was it no that long ago i'm trying to remember it now <laughs> i went to college i met someone in college called ian aiden mm -hmm. who was djing and jokers at the time in saint ellen's a little yeah. uh 
little like pub bar thing on, on the top floor. It was like very well known. Well, not very, but people knew of and it in St. Helens. Yeah. yeah. And it was playing this style of music. And then I think he asked me, do you want to come down and do a few hours? Because I said, yeah, yeah, go on. Then I'll come down. Done a couple of hours, done like a couple of sets back to back and that. And I got to know another promoter at the time through him. And what year is this? Sorry, if you don't mind me. This is 2007, six. 2006 going into, I think it's 2007 basically with yeah. all this kicks off now. With I went to 2006, 2005 is when I started college. I think 2006 I got to know him. And then I think that's when I started really getting into clubs. So I was really only 16 when I was getting shown all the ropes here. Mm. And then um, obviously met another guy in there called uh, Tony M. Mm -hmm. Now I learned a lot from the backside of it like being like promoting going around liverpool doing the posters you had to go on the streets doing the flyers uh you sort of learn that but then you learn the politics and how cutthroat the industry can be and behind the scenes as yeah. well and that was an eye-opener where you're just like mm, you know is it worth this because yeah. there was Don't a lot really want to be involved in this yeah there's a lot of aggro there is no doubt on that behind the scenes so Don't i got to know, know it yeah <laughs> and then i got to uh i then i think that's how I ended up playing. I think I got from Jokers for a bit. I think I actually got given the residency of Jokers for like a good eight months. Mm -hmm. And then I've met people through there, like the two bounty lot who happened to be M like MC Digger at the time. Mm. Uh, MC Chef, which is Alex Sheffield. Uh, then you got um, Johnny Powell, who still DJs now. Mm. He's more house. Or like I met all these people, Story. And then through that, they all had like a forum called Mersey Style at the time, and that's how I met Dave, who's General Bounce for anyone who's wondering. Dave Gray, mm. the infamous, and then um, that's how I met Mark, podcast legend, by the way. Just yeah. out there, Mark Waldron, MC Shredder, because yeah. he done a MC rhyme once, and they asked him to come to a night, and that's how I met all them lot through there. I had then had a falling out with Tony M at the time, right? Uh, because I couldn't make it to a set one night, and I asked. A couple of other local St. Helens DJs. Can you cover me for that first hour? Don't know what happened behind the scenes, but Tony had spoke to like the lad who was covering for me, and then there was just a big falling out from there with me between me and him. Like, because I wasn't there at nine o'clock, it's I shouldn't be doing what I was doing, and it was something like that. Yeah, I don't know to be honest with you. It's all in the past now, so I don't really care because. It been happened. Gone, yeah, it? it's yeah. been and gone. I mean, it's, anyone has an issue, there's their problem, not mine. <laughs> um, so yeah, it uh, that's that was my first taste of politics and backstabbing. Yeah. So much more to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, there really was. That's not actually a joke. Luckily enough, I was always very well at avoiding politics yeah. as, to some degree. Um, but yeah, from there, obviously, music collections have grown. Mm. I mean, we were on Scouse MP3s, who wasn't at the time. Yeah. Going in record shops, picking up records, watching Ian Redman literally play a record, stick his hand. By the way, this was like, I think this was 2005-ish, where you pick up a record, you play a record in the shop, you listen to it and go, right, who wants this? And he'd hold the record up and you see him like passing people records like it's a fucking auction or something. It was yeah. really weird. Fascinating to watch, by the way. I always thought that was in Freebeat. His, his personality is he, he could sell like fruit and veg, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, like, 
Three yeah, for a pound. And he's yeah. like, he's, he's got that. Um, he, he can portray over to you. Yeah. What it is I think I actually done his free. Yeah, I think I done his uh, free base or whatever it was. His DJ school as well for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where he teaches you like tricks as well. Um, which an eye opener as well. Um, I didn't mind it, but you know, I think. I think I had another. I think I've had a few f- dealings with people. Not because of that, but like it's sort of every single thing is sort of like an experience. No matter what you do, it's an experience. It might not be good or bad, yeah. but or indifferent, but it's an experience, whatever way you look at it. It's like when Essen came on here today and he said to me, It'll be an experience, and then in other words, oh, yeah, yeah. shite. <laughs> Some people see it as that. I mean, yeah. I say experience because for good, worse, or indifferent, um, you grow as a person, don't you? Yeah, you, you learn everything, everything's a, le- a lesson yeah. that you can be learned, or you can take something from everything. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I went there. It was a good thing to get to know him. I met Woodsy, who you had on the right. other week through there, because right. he was one of the tutors there. So I got to know him. So there's people who have got to know good quite well, well through there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was like a promise of playing a club. I think it was Arena at the time. I think I did actually play Arena once. Yeah. It wasn't really that busy at the time, which is no one else's fault. That's just one of them clubs at the time, which is really difficult anyway. Yeah. To fill. Um, but. From there, yeah, as I say, fell out with Tony M, went done the freebase school, done all these other bits and bobs. So mm-hmm. quite journeyman at this time. I really haven't had a massive thing. Yeah. Went and done, then, I mean, it'd probably be disjointed all this, trying to fit, piece it all together. <laughs> I think I joined a group called Too Bouncy at the time as well, yeah. which was, as I say, it was Alex Sheffield, uh, MC Chef, Digger, um, anyone who's uh, the old uh, story, Shredder, uh, Josh O'Brien, yeah. J-O-B, um, Johnny Powell, Johnny Roberts. So it was like that group of friends who yeah. formed this group and I got involved with them through Merseystyle at the time. Yeah. And yeah, it just that sort of gave me more experience in clubs and because they I met Mark... They locally as well, didn't they? Like within, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think we were... Um, it got to the point where once, like later on down the line, we were going up against Fragile at the time right. on a Thursday night and they were filling like their club their bar yeah. and we were filling our bar on a Thursday night now Thursday I don't know what Thursday nights are like now from what I can see but it's not really it's great not but back then you could fill like two decent sized yeah, like yeah, 300 yeah. people in either side so Classic. it's all good either way from there so it's a good experience and then obviously me and Mark got making tunes from there how did you meet Mark then like obviously I know you were associating in that friends group well, but we were There's speaking a to him. After happening, isn't there? Yeah, we were speaking to him. I think he done a tune called. Um, I mean, you're putting this on YouTube, so you may have to bleep what I'm about to say. Keep jumping, you bastards! Okay. Um, so we done a track called that, and then a frequency at the time we're playing it, and I was like, "Bloody hell, who's done that? That sounds really good." That. I mean, I listen to it now, and it's not really that great, like, but it done the, the job time, at the yeah, time, yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, they just started speaking to him for that, and then we collabed on a tune, and then I think I went round to his, like, a couple of months later, but I remember the first time. I think he came up, I, I could be wrong here. I think we were booking a minibus to go to Fubar in Southport to do a two-bouncy night there, right. which I think was dead as well. Or it might have, I think the first one was really busy, but the second one wasn't really that, uh, that good. Yeah. But he, I'm sure he came right up to me and went, Hello, Phil. I'm Mark, and I'm like, <laughs> hello, Phil. <laughs> and we're like, oh, hello, lad. You know, like, I, hello, think, Phil, I could I'm be Mark. wrong. He might have a different account of that, but I'm sure he done that. 
Do you know like, what? I'm, I'm going to say something that might rile people the wrong way here. That's something I do because of, like, I feel like sometimes maybe I'm on the spectrum. So if I, introduce, when I can remember meeting you for the first time and it was somewhat similar. It was like, hello, I'm, I'm Bradley from so-and-so. I, I, yeah, nice yeah. to meet you, Phil. <laughs> like, I know for a fact I'm a little bit on the spectrum. So it's like... <laughs> no, it's just, how can you know someone? Because let's be honest, some people on the pictures online can look completely different in person. So there's nothing wrong in introducing yourself. Yeah. Whether you know that's that person or not, there's nothing wrong in introducing yourself. Yeah. Not everyone's going to know who you are. And plus, on the other side of it, not everyone's going to care who you are. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could be the most known person in the world. You might not be known to that person. Yeah. So it's always good to introduce yourself in some old fashion. Unless you just want to be antisocial and just go, nah. <laughs> just shy away from stuff. But yeah. no, um, as I say... It's there's nothing wrong with introducing yourself like that. And plus, I've never met him in person. Yeah. I mean, we're on forums here. Right. Nine times out of ten, people's pictures on forums with like a picture of this cartoon dog or something, yeah. or, or like a motorbike. Yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like or the old plant. or the old MSN <laughs> yeah. days. I'm thinking of the forums where it was always like weed plants or half naked women sitting on cars. That was always the thing. Oh, they always ended up with something like that. Like that ended up on posters for like the next ten years. <laughs> but no, um, as I say, with Maisie Styles or stuff like that, I got chatting on there. I forgot MSN days as well. My God. So you so you met Mark and then um, got chatting and stuff. Yeah, there. got chatting. Done a uh, track back and forth, sending it to to and from each other, and then we ended up going round to his. And I think in his mum's washing dryer room mm-hmm. on the computer, made the track there. I think the track was called Total Groove, Groove Control. And, oh, yeah. And gotcha. that's basically where we got our alias from. Right. So we said, we'll just swap the tune around. It was an old tune, by the way, that Total Groove, Groove Control, like an old piano tune. So if you listen to the old track that we actually started at the time, that's what. Yeah. That was the official very first Groove Control track at the time. Interesting. And so what year is this then? This must be, what, 2009, is it? Eight, I think eight. I think we had a good two years as me and him back and forth. Mm-hmm. And I mean, well, I'd like to say we'd done a lot in two years. I think you did as well, yeah. Um, overall, I think we did a lot because not many people can say they've been on, they've been played on Juice FM. Not many people can say they've had songs played on Radio 1. Yeah. Not many people can say, uh, oh, what was it, where did we play? I think we got double booked so he had to go and play Pier. well he he went and played Pier, and I went to Middlesbrough to do a gig as well for another so it's like for the years that we were active we done a lot I mean there was one gig in that time which I was gutted I didn't get to do but I can't remember what it was but it was a Newcastle gig and it was a very very big Newcastle gig but we just couldn't get there because we didn't drive yeah Um, but no as I say just Gonna ask you more, and I know this might not interest some people, but like on a production sort of level, where, where did your sound come from? Because it, it is a little bit, even like you can see yourself now listening back, it's a little bit distinctively different to your stereotypical. It, I don't know, it just evolves. I mean, people's, <laughs> hey, how many people's music tastes evolve as they get older? Yeah, no, no, it's not even that though. At the time when you were putting it out, right, you were you you were naming some tunes off there before, and it's like. I'm. I, I think along the lines of say, you did like I'm sorry. You did um, oh, um, Miami. Oh Miami, yeah, yeah, them yeah. Them sort yeah. of tunes. Uh, get down. You, you obviously done that. that yeah, get get, well. get get down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, what I'm thinking is these these had like these bass lines. There weren't. Is it was that the Liverpool influence? Because there was like, for instance, there was people putting tunes out 
and they were like a real definitive donking. You listen to them tunes back, that none of them's really like donks. It's like get get down is <laughs> no, well, yeah, no, get down is. No, I mean, that influence, if, that influence from what I can tell, uh, what I can remember as well. Mm. As I say, when you're doing songs with Mark about two thousand and eight. Everything sort of had the influence. I think at the time when we first started, it was more influenced from, obviously, Donk was massive. The bass mm -hmm. line was huge there at the time. And we took influence from Fitty and Rossi B because they were the big it producers in them years. And But even still, I think you sound completely different. You can you can see some of the riff styles, possibly, but your yeah, kick yeah. and bass lines were different to what everyone else was doing. It was oh. more along the side, like... Where we what? Um, I think we Chris aimed. Every, I think every single time we took influence from someone. Yeah. On each track, like we, obviously you had total control at the time, which was Rob Kane and Chris Clark. Their bass line are similar as well. They weren't making the stereotypical donk like an Alex yeah. K donk. They were just making what Rob liked, from what I could gather. Yeah, but <laughs> that, that's what I picked up from when I listened to to your early groove control stuff. It wasn't necessarily a bit like a, a donk bass every time. It was like. It was always something solid and pumping, but it wasn't. It was there was never a definitive like donk just thrown over. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like a typical same sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was just aimed completely different. I mean, each track you can't approach every single track exactly the same. Oh yeah, because you won't get the same results every single time. I mean, if that was the case, almost every single track in the world probably sound the same. Yeah. But no, um, baseline wise, I don't know. I think we just got bored of hearing the same thing because if you listen to the first, ooh, what four or five tracks it was near enough the same template mm. and then i can't remember what happened actually i think he got his computer moved from inside the house to his outdoor his dad's outdoor shed yeah and that was trenches yeah. i don't care what anyone says that was <laughs> horrible in the winter <laughs> that is horrible in the winter now can you imagine sitting there in minus what let's say minus four outside in the computer and you've literally got your hands out like doing mouse and stuff like mm. that. You sat there like that, like jivering. But like, we said it before, though, isn't it? Just passion in it. Passion. Yeah, oh well, yeah, it's passion. But it was just funny that you had a <laughs> heater, which you turned on the heater for four, five, well, a minute at most, and you like feel like you're in fucking Benidorm. They're getting off the plane in Benidorm. But as soon as you turned it off in that same minute, it's freezing again. Yeah, you couldn't Plus. wake it out, so you just Plus. had to heat yourself up. But it was mostly Mark at the time when he moved it outside. But I think. When it got moved outside, we were just... I mean, what? The speakers were just, like, £10 from cash converters. That's how yeah. it felt, anyway. The computer was years old, but it done the job. Yeah. Nuendo, I think it was on at the time, which is just a knockoff version of Cubase. Who were um, you sending your music to, if you don't mind me asking? Because, obviously, you'll have made a couple of... I imagine you'd probably sent it to Dave, because... Yeah, Dave's more constructive criticism, but, yeah, we sent it to Dave. Yeah. Um, Fleming as well Fleming, yeah. hey, Fleming we owe a lot to Fleming at the time because he was the one pushing us a lot of, onto a lot of stuff yeah um, not, you're not the first person to say that as well when when I say about people sort of like getting supported a lot of people say him you know yeah like yeah because the, he was Fleming was in with people and yeah. don't get me wrong he was a cracking DJ cracking yeah. lad as well um, yeah he was a very I mean he, he ended up getting us more money at two gigs once mm. he went up and we told him how much are you getting paid tonight you don't ask me asking so I told him and he went no, I'll get you double that, mate. And he went in and got us double. And you're like, <laughs> we didn't ask you for it, but he said, cheers, nice one. He said, no, you deserve double because that's what you get if you are a headline here or that's what you get mm. if you are on here. So it was brilliant. I mean, I think we got on pier because of him yeah. as well. But um, but no, Fleming was a massive supporter. Who was the other one? Dave Gray, obviously General Bounce. Mm -hmm. um, 
there was a couple of producers who hate I don't know hated but they just didn't like us or they couldn't understand like what, what we were doing yeah 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 and that's nothing. I mean, I never took it personal. Like, I think there was one guy I think Mark took it personal from. That was quite funny. Someone ask, there is a cracker. Someone asking you for your track because they like it. And the second you say no, they go, well, it's shit anyway. Oh. And you sat there going, well, you've just been yeah. asking me for it. You've went out your way to ask for the tune. Don't embarrass yourself, man. Yeah, and now, <laughs> and now I've said no because... We're going to be giving it out for free anyway, or I can't remember what it was. It was something. It was something like that. I mean, I'd say the guy's name, but I just don't. Fuck it. It was Nick from Scouts MP3s and mm-hmm. Annie as well. Uh, I think it was Scouts MP3s. I think that was the site. Yeah, I'm sure it was either him who asked for it, and then she said, "Well, it's shit anyway." When we said no, now Lovely. I might be getting little bits wrong there, but I'll tell you what's not wrong is. They we were to. asked for the tune. Yeah. We said no. And then they started saying, well, it was crap anyway, so why? Well, you just asked me for it. <laughs> I mean, there's what? no hard feelings, like, but I was just like, yeah, well, it was a bit baffling, the logic exactly. behind that. Because if you, if it was that crap, why would you ask for it? Exactly. Unless you purposely, you just wait for it, because why would you want a tune that you don't like? <laughs> I just don't understand that. Why would you want a tune that you don't like? Yeah. But it was massive at the time. I bet it was you, somebody, by the way, but King's Liam one, yeah. which I mentioned before. How did you? How did that change things for you? Because that that was like <laughs> that blew up. That oh yeah, played everywhere, mate. Oh yeah, yeah. I had average Joes on the back of the bus in Cumbria playing that out. Going, <laughs> this is banging. Hey, you weren't doing flyers and walking into a travel agent, and then they that you're hearing the tune playing. You're like, <laughs> I best not say this is potentially. Yeah a track I'm involved with <laughs> but yeah walking into a travel agent once and there's me there's the tune being played and you're like that there going hey what's going on here but, no um I don't know just that came about just from Mark just sitting there he used to just be like one of these people I mean he could play the drums with pencils yeah. just sat there because he's bored waiting for something to load and just start playing the drums with pencils I mean super talented lad I've never denied that from him yeah. but um shame when he stopped but everyone moves on but no um, that came about because he would just come up with ideas I think yeah. we'd done searching for a Rizzler because he liked the tune class I've heard that it's class he was always into break beats and drum beats as well so yeah. and then we heard this bass line that he found once and was just like that bass line's heavy that, we, that is boss mm-hmm. so we just used it pretty much on every track and then I can't remember I think because we'd done like f- six to seven tracks and then I think oh, it might have been ten and then you, somebody, come out. And I had never, ever, ever forget the first time we played that in retro. Yeah. Um, in I think it was 2007. Oh, I think the flyer was red as well that they'd done for two bouncy at retro on Thursday. Right. And John, I think John Neal or Fleming was on that night. I know Finchie was definitely on. Yeah. And it was just the second we played Kings Leon. Now, this is at the height of when they, that tune had just come out. Yeah. And you can just see, like, the little crappy little DJ box. I mean, what? It was like, you, you may as well be DJing in a shoebox. Yeah. And, you, you like, you're playing it. And it, I'm going to put it, <laughs> it was Mark who was st- stood next to me going, I don't know how this is going to go down. Yeah. And we're both looking at each other like, this could either really go off or this could really flop because yeah. that breakdown's really long. Yeah. Anyway, so we played it and the whole place is just everyone's hands in the air Class. singing everything and we're thinking, ah, this is really good, this is young. <laughs> and then 
It's when it does the bade, bade, yeah. it builds up and up and up and up, and then you hear the reverse of the donk like three or four times. And as soon as it dropped, I could be wrong again, but I'm sure Finchy done his vodka rhyme to it as well, and the place just blue and i mean yeah. blue i one thing i always wish i ever got was a video of that dropping for the first time i yeah. so but then again you probably wouldn't see anything because camera phones back then was like pixelated <laughs> but i so wish that was one gig where Lost. i wish i like that because i always remember like even the mcs there at the time had never no one had heard it except me and mark and i think dave because i think dave come down for the day mm. um yeah he did actually because he listened to the way it is Right. Oh, we listened to an original track we done, and then he said, uh, "The way it is will work with that track," and it did weirdly. And then we showed him, used somebody, and then it went from there. And to say the club just blew up from there. Class. And then I think we sent it Fleming as well. Fleming sent it Mikey B. Mikey B could be wrong again. From what it's, I have, bear in mind, this is like what fifteen years ago, yeah. so it's a hazy memory. But um, I'm sure he said he didn't like it, or that shit that. Yeah. Which, if you listen to it on a computer, everyone will say it's shit. Yeah. Uh, or it's crap. And then, um, but when you play it in a club, it's just heavy. It's yeah. just pure in your face. There's nothing, it, it does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Sounded really good in the club, and then I think it got played in Pier. I think he played it, Mikey B said it was crap. Or something along them lines. Fleming was saying, play it in the club and see what you yeah because it's a big tune mm -hmm. and i think he played it in the club and i think it went off and then it just grew from there where everyone just sort of picked up on it yeah and then i think he'd done an interview on radio one because the music scene was starting to take off again at that time yeah and he'd done like a big piece on bounce music or music in the northwest and he said like oh what's the biggest track that's being played at the minute he said oh it's kings of leon you somebody like someone's took a bass line and it made it bouncy like never never name dropped us mikey yeah uh, but could have been they could have, been the could place, have yeah. put our name on it but no yeah. but not um, no but all jokes aside um yeah it's just it dropped on there and then it just blew up but i think the thing that helped us was is that we already had a back catalogue of tracks so even though you somebody took off, there was yeah. always something that you might have liked as well in the ah, past. So people like, are actively looking for it then. Yeah, yeah you've got you've got the back catalogue for people looking at it. Nice. I mean, that can be to your detriment as well if you really yeah. if you got really good overnight. Yeah. But um but no, as I say, it's that blew up and then just from there, track after track after track just blew up for some reason. Or it was just getting played, mostly in medicine as well, because of Fleming yeah. or Argy extending samples of your tracks. I am not joking. The there's a good cracker for you. We done a track called "We Like the Party." We hadn't finished it. Yeah, we done the intro. We done the main it's drop. The Finger Boys oh, one. Yeah, got halfway through the track. Yeah, I like the roof you did. The I sent one. the sample to Argy at the time, saying, "Yeah, yeah, this is the one. Next one we're working on." Mark sat in the car the next two or three weeks later after the event because they used to do CDs back then. Mm. And for some strange reason, Chef says to him, oh, uh, you know, I'll listen to this track, it's banging this. And Mark's in the car and he goes, who's that? And he goes, it's Archie. And he goes, that's ours. It's not even finished. <laughs> we pulled him up on it and he's gone in and re-extended the track. All he's done is just made the track like Class. just ah, so you can mix it in sort of thing yeah, yeah. yeah. and you're thinking it's not even finished yeah you <laughs> and everything was like that back then everything you just you get a track sample and then you'd extend it that's why there's so many tracks now 
which you don't know if it's an official yeah, yeah, full yeah. rip. I mean, I've still got some there on CD where someone's just took a mic, like the end of a track and put it at the beginning. Like the most biggest one of that's Royal Flush. Yeah. Like that is, <laughs> I still hear people playing the ex like the extended DIY version of that now. Like I know, it's, it's just, people don't even pick up on it sometimes. They're no, just it's like, Royal Flush and that yeah, too. A track's a track, it's a good track either way, but yeah. I just don't think it has the same appeal for me personally. But yeah, yeah. but from there, the... I think it was like a couple of years later we started we were getting better and better we were getting remixes I think we got a couple of tracks played on um, Wigan Pier CDs mm -hmm. uh, I think Ben T played King of Rock and a couple of other bits we were I getting played off Lisa Pinup yeah. for I think it was Don't Cross the Line a remix we done and Keep On Dancing we done yeah. um, not needing to name drop people but uh you got it to be able to tell the story, man. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you're just going to be able to sample me going, eh. eh. You're going to get a video at the end of this going, eh, 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 eh. But no, um, <laughs> as I say, we had all these people playing our tracks at the time and it was just paying off bit by bit. Yeah. But we were taking influence from other people. Like we had hit house Paul Roberts, who was just slamming it at the time. I mean, every single track he was doing was Quality. like brilliant. I mean, I'd still play half of his tunes way ahead of his time. Yeah. Um, I agree. Then I think we had Hypersonic as well, but no one could do that style. No yeah. one but Wayne could do that style, really. Even people now. Yeah. I don't think many people can do it. It was just unique to that it, one yeah, man. Yeah. Um, we had KB Project who were doing a lot. We had Total Control as well. I think we nicked the Total Control baseline to do the All Right Tune remix we've yeah, done yeah. with um, James Doran. Or James That's a Durant. fucking banging tune. Everyone now. says that. <laughs> and there was a massive argument between me and Mark doing that as well. He could hear the hi-hat in the bass. And I was like, it's not going to make any difference because yeah. it's just going to be filled out. But no, it, it was just irritating to him. But it's like you can pick up on little things. Like he was just one of them people who could just pick up on bits and bobs. <laughs> Whereas I just thought, no, doesn't matter. Just do it. I believe, I think, Bounce Heaven started booking us later on as well, after we took off enough. And yeah. I think we came, I don't know, we were in the runnings with Wiggy and someone else to win like the Best New Incomer yeah. Award. I suppose it's 2009, I think. Yeah, but I, can remember it I think the only idea was, is like, how can you be a newcomer if you've been in the scene for like four or five years? Yeah. I mean, I mean, even we said, like, we'd already been in the scene like two years. So even putting us in there was a bit like, hey. Saying that right, I remember. Do you know what these, this, this always, always stuck out to me. This is why you're the Bret Hart of, <laughs> of, of WCW. Do you want to know why? I remember seeing a post in 2014. I distinctively remember this. And somebody put, oh, like, who's, who's doing it for you this year? Who's the best thing? And I seen best breakthrough DJ, and it was Groove Control in 2014. Yeah. And I'm just like, not many people know the niche behind the scene. You've got to be the poster boy sometimes to know that you've been going a long time. It's like, I don't know. It's just, I've never, I mean, you had Cheese and Kenty because he had Sopranos and Acceleration at the time. Yeah. I think Rob and John were starting to do Make Some Noise mm. as well, which was helping a lot over across the board. Because um, it was just some different varieties. I mean, it's, I took a break. Yeah. But I needed to. I needed to stop my life so out. Can we can we just go over that if that's all right? Um Regress. So when did when did you and Mark stop? What when, what year was this? Like about twenty ten. Right. I'd okay. say about twenty ten because I always accounted to when I met <laughs> people are gonna say, Oh, you you got wrapped around someone's thumb or you're under someone's thumb because 
I think I started dating one of my ex-girlfriends years ago, and that was round about the time when I started stopping. Yeah. Because you really needed to get your life in check. Yeah. I mean, you gave a couple of years trying to do something with music or get a resident excuse me, get a residency with music or something. It just weren't paying yeah. off. There just was no... no oh, it leads to nothing, yeah. yeah, I know exactly yeah. Or if you did get it, it was for pennies and it was costing you more to go there than it was to do it. Yeah. Um, I think I was just getting me travel once when I was going Jokers and I was getting the bus. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there was that. And then on top of it, uh, I think he wanted to stop as well. I didn't want to stop at the time. He wanted to stop. Mm. And then I think it was just we'd done a couple more gigs and then we just sort of faded off into the sunset. It's like yeah. we never really made a big announcement. Nothing was said. Nothing was done. And that we was just it. stopped making stuff and we weren't getting booked. So if you're not doing content, then you're not really going to be getting noticed or you're not really going to be doing anything. Yeah. So we just faded off. And then I think it was Josh O'Brien, J-O-B, from Two Bouncy, he come back and said, oh, let's do a Two Bounty reunion, like three years later. Mm-hmm. So we, this is 2010, that's 2013 now. Yeah. Oh, no, it was 2012, actually. Late 2012. Right. And then I started picking back up, oh, I want to learn how to do music again because we've got this night. So we went and done the night, done some tunes for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark had done two tunes for it as well. I'd done a couple on my own, but I'm not as good as him at the time. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, we come back, done the night. Night wasn't really that good, yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest. It just wasn't. And, but but it, was good to, it. Yeah. it was good to see everyone again. It was good to get out and get see, get the vibe. I think it was the last time I seen Fleming as well before he tragically mm. passed away. Yeah. But just as a heads up, I do. I think me and Mark will even openly admit uh, that Fleming was a big part of us getting yeah. as big as what we were because yeah. he, he was a massive supporter of anyone around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think I wanted to do it more regular. I think we tried to do a track or two back then, but it just wouldn't work. I don't think Mark had the, wanted to do it anymore. Yeah, you've got to have the drive as well, haven't you? Yeah. To I wanted to learn, but I wasn't very good. I wasn't that good at doing it, so mm-hmm. I sort of had to learn, and I've had to learn solo all the way through and at this time there wasn't many youtube mm. uh videos for ableton it was all fruity loops or cubase so, so right we're sort of getting on to this bit now this is this is the solo groove control thing where where when you came back where did it where did you start where where was the i need to get my shit together get a pc did you or did you have the old I already PC? Had a pc yeah, yeah the old pc right big so gamer you've, you've got this right and then you've fought I'm going to put my head down, knuckle down, and learn how to get to the level. Um, it was just wanting to do it again. I just right. enjoyed it. I mean, I don't know. I just always enjoyed doing music. I, yeah. Even if I might not be very good at it, yeah. and as frustrating as it can be at times, it's just, you can sit there sometimes and you're thinking, I like this, what I'm doing. Yeah. Or I can see where I'm going with this. I try to do originals when I come back, but I wasn't good at writing original music back then. I really was. doesn't mean the music was any good, mm. but I was good at doing original stuff or writing fresh stuff. Yeah. Um. But no, I never, I don't know. I just, I think I kind of came back for that night and I thought, oh, I wouldn't mind doing this. And then yeah. I think Kenty got onto him because I was putting like the odd sample up. It wasn't anything great like, but I was putting the odd sample up. And then I think Kenty messaged me. Yeah. And said in like 2013, look, do you want to come, you know, in a nutshell, I suppose, look, I've got a gig coming up, how much do you charge? So I told him how much, um, where else one, 
I think it was Gary Select's first. Oh yeah, UK gig um, here. Where else? Bank Holiday, twenty thirteen. Yeah, May. It was yeah, May. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's when I came back. He said, "Do a mix of it. Done all the mix. That's when I was done a few bootlegs as well." And at what this point, what what have, what what new stuff from Solo Phil has come? Like what what is the? Just it's just mostly bootlegs from being honest. Apart from the original stuff, I think it was mostly bootlegs. I think I don't what know. What sort of tunes were we talking? Will Sparks. Ah. Right, yeah. That was um, a good good tune yeah. as well. Yeah. It was so simple, but it was like it reminds me of like the Dutch stuff a little bit, like yeah. how simple it was. It was really good. I really liked that and I did I think it oi. I think it was actually oi that blew up at the time. Right. I think it was oi that actually got me the gig coming back. Not bad, eh? Um so I think I done that in like twenty twelve, yeah, and then mm. obviously Kenty's got it because it blew up because must have been around the same time as Rattle and that as well. Yeah, Rattle was done for the two bounty night, but I've redone that. But yeah. Back there, I listen back, and you just sit there and you listen back. Yeah, you know, excited Joe Bob about the Simpsons because <laughs> it was horrible, but yeah. it was good at the time. It done the job. I don't need to do any more. I mean, I've done loads of tunes like that, but um, but now I've done a few bits in 2012, mostly yeah. bootlegs because bootlegs are nice and quick and easy. Yeah, there you go. Slap a baseline on this. You can go out and play it out. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I need five tunes. Let's get this tune. Let's put a baseline on it. Let's go do this or do a slight mm -hmm. edit. Um, when you were doing it, you did it for the gigs and stuff like that. You see some people doing donk overs now on Sunday for £2.50. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. That's why I, this, later on in the story is why I stopped doing that yeah. um, for certain reasons. But I don't know. It's I just enjoyed I just like, I wanted to play it out. Or I like I wanted a version of it in this style of music. Yeah, That's yeah. all and I ever do it for. You were just filling that void, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And if the tune blows up, it blows up. It's no big thing, but I've just done the track because I like it. There's loads of tracks that I've done like that which haven't worked. Yeah. Um, I've got a question for you as well. You were talking about the sort of the, the first night Gary Select came. This is you coming back into the scene properly. Now. Okay, well, what an eye-opener. Yeah, you start, that's what I was <laughs> ask you. you're starting to meet people and stuff like that, and you're starting, like, there's a new breed of of promoters, DJs, MCs, since from when you finished, when you come back. I know it was only yeah. a short period of time, but a lot happened in between. Um, how did you find it when you came back then? So you've went, so you say you, you finished doing the two bands. Stuff, oh, I can, I can give you a, like a straight up answer, but it's going to come across in a negative way to any women who watch this. The first thing I thought of when I came back is when, how little is everyone wearing? <laughs> I couldn't get it. I was just like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. You get some people who look really nice and then you get others who are like, Nothing like what it is now, though. But, I mean, it's like, from when I was going I out, it was like <laughs> proper dresses, like yeah. teen knees and, like, covered up. I mean, obviously, the cleavers always on show for some girls. Yeah. But then when it came to that night, you, you get the odd ones in fishnets and knickers and you're like, or tutus or whatever yeah. you want to call it. And like, you sat there going, okay. I've turned up in, like, a shirt and, like, looking dressed and smart and all this. And I'm thinking, I'm massively overdressed here. I'm in jeans. Yeah. And then if everyone in there is like, well, not near enough, but half of them in there are like are in shorts. shorts or you get the other half who are in jeans or tracksuits and yeah. stuff like that. It's nothing. It's just, there was no dress, no big dress code. It's yeah. just come as, come as you're comfortable, just smart. So when I say tracksuits, it could be just like a black, like, like tracksuit. Like joggers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it could just be black joggers or something, which is, I don't, I'm not a big proponent at certain raves of doing this. I mean, that club was boiling at the best of times. I mean, yeah. boiling. But, no, um, I think Woodsy was on before me as well. Yeah, yeah. And he was playing uh, proper warm-up. I mean, like, this is proper warm-up. Then I went on after him, and I was just playing typical me. Mm -hmm. I didn't really care at the time about me set time. I just thought, no. But I think Kenty told me, just go on and do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I paid you for. And then I think, who was it? 
can't remember if it was, who went on after me. I think it was... Cannot remember who went on after me, but it was day when Gary it, Select dropped some of them tunes. Was it Pete Monsoon? Was actually, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was Pete Monsoon, yeah. yeah. Um, he was a big proponent of some of his stuff at the time it, as well. He's honestly, what a guy. He's coming yeah. on here, by the way. Um, but he's always, always had a minute just to say, I'm, I'll play this or yeah, I'll yeah. play this. And I'm like... What if, a guy. If you're gonna give when you get him on, you're gonna to have to ask him about his garage background as well. Because <laughs> agro DJs. Agro DJs is quality. Yeah. Uh when we get off here, I'll show you one CD in particular. Uh I still listen to this now and it's years and years old. Yeah. And it's just for me, it's like the pinnacle of, of that his sound, and it's amazing. Yeah. Agro DJ is amazing. It's just that, that garage stuff is so similar to doing some of the stuff in bounce. It's just a couple change a couple of bits with the vocals and yeah. suddenly you've got a decent tune like or you suddenly you've got a new tune that you might yeah. not have heard before yeah but no um as i say when it came back it was just an eye-opener to how much the scenes changed in the regards of the music being played what style of music how heavy donk heavy it was at the time as well there was no i found that as a weird period that's what i was going to ask you so you mentioned about the, the attire and everything people were wearing what what about the sound because I find from 2012 to about just 20... Basically, everyone, everyone trying to sound like Fitzy and Rossi B, and that's no disrespect to yeah. the lads at the time. Yeah. Because everyone was influ everyone's influenced by someone. Yeah. And everyone shortens that quote, which is like the most flatter of... What was it? Ah, yeah, yeah, Imitations, yeah. the most um, uh, flattering form. What was it? Something like that. <laughs> You've got me confused, though. I'm, I'm confused now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, um, the most sincere form of flattery. flattery yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but like they 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 took you can tell they took their inspiration from Alex Kier like you, you can and you, you can like well, you know well, what I mean Lee and Lee admit that well, but Lee's Fitzy by yeah. the way um, out of Fitzy and Rossi B mm. I've spoke to Lee a couple of times and Lee will tell you straight away yeah yeah we're influenced by him because yeah, yeah. how many other people were yeah the man but the thing is as well with the Fitzy stuff loads of people were copying their style and it's evolved and evolved and there was literally just Fitzy and Rossi B ripoffs just all over the scene but at that moment in time I always thought that it was like just as the bumping was coming in and there was like that style and it was just really really donk orientated yeah yeah when you um, started getting the Spanish lads over a lot as yeah. well I mean it's not for, I don't say that in any negative way because it's in reverence it's just I do I, <laughs> no but I just look at it more <laughs> like if we all do the same style of music, mm. then everyone's going to have their own variety, that music. Now, some people are going to be the stars of that event, but always understand your point of being there, like their styles. Like, if you go to like the Gary Slack night, I knew he was the headline, and now there's nothing that's going to change that. Because yeah. I'd never heard him before. I'd never heard of him. I thought yeah. it was Gary Selects. Uh, like, yeah, that's what I thought when I first And I was him. like, I'd never heard of Gary at the time. And I was like what's going on here but then when i hear this set and i'm like what on earth is this it's heavy as hell like they loved it though eh? oh yeah they loved that i mean i always remember what was it there's he still does the mix now and i don't even dislike him for doing it because so you get some djs who always do the same mix that's like that that is that mix that's and they always go oh, the trademark yeah do something different with it or something but fair enough everyone's got their own style of doing it but he still does it now and it's just the way he mixes it it just doesn't sound like two tunes mixing it sounds like one tune yeah but he does it in such a way it was unreal and yeah it's i just remember was it the, the first, first two we played by any chance is it fiesta fatal and i don't know uh, the names dancing. off the top of my head that no no i remember really that i remember dancing dropping my god yeah. that near enough took the fucking club off <laughs> so that near enough uh, took the uh, club completely yeah. um 
Uh, by the way, I made the comment about the Spanish DJs. There is so many talented lads out there, Spanish-wise, but a lot of them don't know what sub-bass is, and I'm just, that is, I'll leave it at that. No, I'm, 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 I'm a wrong. I'm not wrong, am I? I'm not getting, I'm not getting dragged into your negativity. <laughs> hey, this isn't negativity. I just... I'll, I'll say this once thing and we'll move on. Right. I strongly believe that that a lot of people's tunes would have done better if they'd had a bit of sub-bassing because I hear some of them and some of them are really musically talented. Some of the melodies that come out of the Spanish sort of um, scene, I was like, wow. But it just didn't have, they didn't know how to insert a sub-bass into the track and that's that's my feedback. Um, but then again, you get, you know, the, there's legendary tunes that's come out of Spain that's been absolutely massive. So that, yeah. um, you can't, pigeonhole them with all that i just think it's more to do with the it's just the samples yeah it's just does that sound good yeah does that sound good on my speakers yeah don't need any more then yeah and just... then when you get into a club you listen to it in a club and it's like it sounds good but it hasn't got the like the yeah the the rumble like the feel of the rumble that depends on the systems that you're on uh, um which i always get accused of now because there's a few tracks of mine i have to turn the bass down on I've, I've, I've picked the one not to be honest with you. <laughs> I was going to say but no um, as I say the, the, everything changed when I came back because it was like it was an eye opener to like how everything had changed and I think um, and obviously I got booked for Sopranos not long after that as well because I came back and that was another eye opener where was that one what was that was it? a Burnley I think the first one I'd done no no I think the first one was Pada didn't do no no hang on oh yeah first one was one. a Pada didn't yeah, do yeah, that yeah. well Pada was one of them funny clubs. It just didn't do well anyway. The the, the lineup was really strong for that as well, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, it was. For, for, for a Pada lounge event anyway. Yeah, yeah, it was really strong, I think. That's the one where I got all the funny pictures and I had done an interview with Mikey Davis. First time I'd done an interview with Mikey Davis <laughs> and uh, Aspen at the time. That was new to me because it's like where we do this now is wasn't a big yeah, thing back thing. then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the closest thing you got to an interview back then was like someone shoving the mic in your face going, what's your views on this? And you're like, well, I think Rob Kane was doing that at the time, just running around asking people random questions of events. Like, I like I like that because a lot of people discover our scene by doing like this podcast is literally to make this our scene grow. And I told you it's off pod. Yeah, it's it's literally just so people can get an insight to who Groove Control is, and then when 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 they listen to a track, they can be like, oh well, that's why he's done that. That's why he's done that. And and oh yeah. You somebody is from 2009, that's why it sounds a little bit dated, but his new stuff's fucking banging. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, you can see where, like, you someone better. might hear that, that tune and go, oh, well, groove control shit. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm coming What's from. happened here and what's happened yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, two yeah. different periods. Yeah, you've got to remember, like, there's, there's 12 to 15 years difference. Uh, if you don't mind, mate, because uh, obviously we're, we're conscious of time, I'm going to stop your story there. Would you mind coming back for a part two at some point? Yeah, not a problem. Excellent. Um, and we're going to do some questions for today. If that's okay? Yeah. I just realised there we've got ten minutes left in here. Yeah, <laughs> the problem that we had was we were talking for that long trying to set it all up yeah. off the camera that we didn't have a... We wasn't very conscious of time. What time is it? It's ten to four Loopy now. Yell. I know. We talked for an hour before, and so we should have recorded that. There were some interesting conversations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm always doing another one. There's no problem. Yeah. Just as long as it's not too much of a cost burden for you. <laughs> this yeah. motion feels very natural for me, by the way, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> yeah. He's got incognito open on his phone and Pornhub's on, on his bookmarks. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far because I used to post them pictures and a lot of people will actually believe you. Ah, uh, you know, I know. <laughs> I got in so much trouble for them pictures, by the way, off loads of people who uh, like stop posting them pictures you cause a murder with me bird 
Like, by the way, these pictures were like a picture of a girl's bum. I used to put up saying good morning. And all of these, <laughs> I used to get so many messages off fellas in relationships saying, stop putting them up. Well, just don't follow me. I sort of bit myself in the ass now, though, because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people on my Facebook now don't follow, follow me. Because yeah, of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, they, go on, fire away. Let's see what you got. No worries, mate. Um, as I said, these are questions um, that people have wrote in. If you want to write in a question for the guest, uh, just uh, message me on Instagram at it's time to refresh. And uh, if I think it's suitable for said guest, I will read it out. Hey. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on, there's two questions that I haven't asked anyone uh, that have been wrote in and they'll be, they'll be questioning why the question why it hasn't been asked. I haven't found guests suitable for them questions yet, oh, so I apologise. Go on. And they've sat there for, I think it's about three or four months now, but we'll, we'll get through it. Um, so this one is, uh, hi there, Brad, top podcast. I watch every week and love what you're doing i have a question that's been asked already but please can you ask the next producer you have on who inspires you when producing and what do they do to inspire you and that's from woggy and that's off youtube oh uh it changes that every time because there's always someone coming along who just does something like where you go oh wow yeah. i mean let's be honest how many people when oliver Heldon come on to do the gecko yeah. And you sat there going, what is this sound? This sound sounds unreal. Yeah. Alice Kay, when he first started doing dinky stuff, Nick Skits. Yeah. Like, you listen to people as you go through all music. It's just, it all depends on each person. Rachel Auburn, yeah. even though that's Yamanda. Yeah. I think it's Yamanda, is that side of boys? But yeah, Yamanda as well. So it just depends each time with the producer. It's some just... people, like some producers do get caught on a sound though. So if you hear, if you hear some, I, I've, I've yeah, worked Yamanda with some wasps people. in a jar apparently or something. It got described as once a mix mag. <laughs> I'm sure. Like, I know for a fact that like there's a, there's certain people out there who's trying to replicate, I don't know, 1999 Hard House. And they've just, Me right now. they've just got <laughs> that like one year gap. But it's like, yeah. that was my sound. I like that. I'll stick to that. Yeah. Sometimes it's just because it's easier. You, you need to get your idea down as quick as you can. Mm. That is the purpose of doing music. Get your idea down as quick as you can. Now, you yeah. might hate it in an hour because you've heard it so many times. Yeah. But if you like something, just get your idea down and then go from there. Mm. The, the inspiration thing for me was more like, right, okay, I like this person. How do I emulate it? Or how do I take their style and sort of bring it into me? Right. The thing that keeps me going is I just enjoy it. It's inf Listen, insanely Phil, infuriating. You're dodging the question. Who who inspires you? Come on. Who, who inspires me? Yeah, you're giving me a long-winded answer for 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 something we're all. I don't really know. think I have one person who inspires me. I just do. give me three then. Then I know you say it changes all the time. Right now, in today's date, wherever it is, um, who who's inspiring you when you're writing at the minute? Sonny Federa is probably the best one at the minute. Just every yeah. single thing he touches at the minute is near enough gold. Chris Lee. Okay. That man is genius. Yeah. No, that, the, you'd be amazed how many so house producers. You'd be amazed how many yeah. house producers I'm going to say. Yeah, but Chris Lee is the man for yeah. me at the minute. I mean, I'd say Mike Mike Descala, but that just goes without saying. But mm. I've not really felt. I haven't really heard anything for a few years now. Like right. that really stood out since they done breathe. That's nothing against them, by the way, because yeah. they still do. I always thought the best one they done was Constellations as well. Right. But no, inspiration wise, Chris Lee because I watch a lot of his YouTube yeah. breakdowns. Um. I'd say him more than anyone because he's just he's enthusiastic as well, and you watch him make something, and he goes and plays it that night, and he's sat there going, yeah. "That is unreal." Because he's made I it. Noticed about him is he's he, how how quickly he evolves his sound. Like he doesn't get stuck up on this works. So I'll just make ten tracks that sound like this. No, no, he he, he, he makes a loop. 
He plays with a sound, makes a massive like one minute loop of stuff. I've watched the live stream where yeah, he's done yeah, it. Yeah. Makes a massive one minute loop and he just goes through with like one little snippet until he finds something that he likes and then he goes, oh yeah, I can work with that. Yeah. And that's how he's come out with one of these tracks. He's just released this track he made three years ago. Chris Lee, to be honest with you, is the best one. Disclosure does a lot of boss stuff on YouTube as well. Okay. And uh, as I say, there's... Is there anyone in bouncing Hard Dance? Or hardcore, like the faster paced music that's doing it. Hardcore's probably more club filler because he's just found that sound that works. In Bounce, I'm probably going to say Fitzy and Rossi B just because I've never, they just make stuff so easy. Yeah. Um, you got Darren Styles as well. He just, he, he's found his sound. It just, everything seems to be banging. And, um, technical Alf. it's yeah. just everything he does it seems to be banging i mean there's the odd over bun zero there but they're the mainstays and plus yeah. i've been in with alf as well so i've seen how he works and it's so simple yeah uh my answer to that would be alf's always always going to be there for me uh, i've said i think he's just phenomenal whatever he touches as well whether it's his trance hard trance hardcore anything <laughs> at all anything he's at all writing albums for people who've been in the charts yeah, and yeah stuff exactly like that. i think he's Game. amazing um i like um there's, there's, there is a select few where I'm like I, I'm very specifically like you before your production rather than your music if that makes sense do you know where you're like you you just appreciate the little things they do in the mixes oh yeah there's loads for like instance, that for uh, instance John Doe John Doe is such a precise guy when it comes to when the way he works and like I, I, I'll sit there and pull apart his tracks and I'm just like yeah that's good uh, like Ferry Cause and obviously because he's I was found <laughs> you're going back here yeah I know but <laughs> Yeah, very cause in 2023 he's still decent as well i've been oh, I, I, don't I, I, fo it. I follow his uh he's, he started doing some like film scores and stuff i thought it was amazing but yeah like when he did that the super saw originally i was just like yes yeah. yes this is this is good william orby adagio for strings when he first done that yeah was it uh he done out of the blue goriella all them all them big tunes everyone knows that i still take inspiration from so often um, all the time still yeah um, yeah so they've been mine off the top of my head there is a million others but it's always for quality wise I always reference um, Alf because I just think yeah he's it, for me he's a uh, super simple the fact his brother does drum and bass as well <laughs> yeah, I'm sure yeah. I got told that his brother does drum and bass so it's a musical does, family yeah, yeah, it's yeah. scary how good that man is yeah and unbelievable he'll help you as much as he can as well obviously not too much but yeah. he'll help you as much as he actually can it's really one of them weird things because he just likes good music yeah so right um we're going to sign off today because i am conscious that the electric will go off in yeah here. and you're going to watch fast 10 i'm going to watch fast 10 <laughs> i don't want to by the way i just am um yeah, so yeah. you're on the electric chair right you know the question do you go on you're on the electric chair. You've got one last meal because oh fucking, fucking hell, I'm not going to be able to do this. You've been sued by TGR because you've you've fucking bootlegged <laughs> oi, and he's like, hey, come on, lad. That I know for a fact your version's had hundreds of thousands. I never got any money for that, you know. I know, but he's had hundreds of thousands of views. He could have claimed on. <laughs> he probably has claimed on. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. Go I can on. think of three other people in this scene who could probably get sued by a producer for what they've claimed. <laughs> yeah. I know that. So you've got a starter, main dessert, and beverage. What you oh, having? God Almighty. I generally, I've never really think of this stuff. Because I know he's a <laughs> I think I'm going to live forever. But no, um, to be honest with you, I don't know. I can't really give you a massive concrete answer on that. Starters, not really a big starter fan, if I'm being honest. 
I just always go with the main, uh, unless it's bread. I don't know what it's buttered bread. Just something simple like that bread, buttered yeah. garlic bread. You get a lot while you're abroad nice. in Spain. Um, main, I don't know, probably a chili dish off the top of my head. I always have chilies and main stay with me. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just like it. Chili with garlic bread and cheese. Class. Um, very simple with that. Dessert, sticky toffee pudding. Can't go wrong with that. Nice. Ice cream or custard, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Cream, whatever. doesn't matter what it is. I'm making you hungry now. Yeah. Drink. I don't know because the drink I'm addicted to that I actually curbed besides Lucasade um, was probably Coke, but Coke Zero. Coke Zero, yeah. Um, I die at the curb, like anything like that. So besides them, and I'd probably say Coke Zero or Lucasade because Lucasade, I'm pretty much addicted to that stuff. It's the only thing I'm addicted to. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, or coffee, just, I'm very picky on coffee as well excellent so i think that's pretty much it i thought you're gonna do the flop or drop thing with me i will we'll have to do that on the next one mate if that's okay yeah yeah because yeah. you'll be you'll be fascinated with, with me answers because i'll probably say nothing i probably won't say any of flop <laughs> because i can appreciate anything for them yeah but, uh just want to say thanks for coming on today mate it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, if man. you've enjoyed phil's uh company for for the last hour and a bit then Share it with your mates. Let them enjoy his company. <laughs> um, Not too much, though. I charge for that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's, who's uh, listened today and enjoyed it and made it this far into the episode um, because we did go on a couple of little bit of tangents there, didn't we, on stuff where if you're not a music head you probably would have turned off but I don't yeah. care because this is why I do it because I love it I can, imagine, <laughs> I can imagine some questions being like what's what's the biggest record you've ever seen or what's this what's the weirdest <laughs> thing you've seen on a nightclub that's always a cracker yeah what's the strangest thing you've seen while you've been DJing because my god it's only when I've just been thinking about it then I've just I've been some places mate <laughs> I'm considering I don't do drugs and I don't drink you see everything yeah I see everything and when you see the next day and people start saying oh what did I do last night well I remember everything you done don't tell me the amount of people who said don't tell me yeah but I can always remember something when it jogged me memory but yeah I think I'm the worst nightmare for a lot of people because I remember everything <laughs> I even remember when they've said something and they go I can't even remember saying that <laughs> yeah, well I do excellent mate right just want to say thank you once again for coming thank you for listening if you've enjoyed this you can sign up for patreon at patreon.com forward slash it's time to refresh from as little as three pounds a month you can support the cause support the production and keep this thing going nice one